This podcast is sponsored by my brand new downloadable, my free podcast startup guide. This handy guide tells you exactly what external mic, camera, and accessories to buy if you are serious about being an excellent podcaster. There's even a link to schedule a one-on-one with my partner, Scott, to set up your brand new equipment so that you can jump right into recording your very first or next episode. I've added the link to the show notes in this episode, or you can find it in the link in my bio. Just look for the free podcast startup guide. Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. Today, I have a couple that I found on Instagram and fell in love with their really sexy, fun videos and their like their energetic dynamic. I have Andre Lazarus with Coming Closer with Andre. So you'll, you'll find him on Instagram in that way. And I also have Susanna Rose. She owns Metamorphosis Ventures. And they have a course together called Open to More, where you can design your own relationships. So today we're going to be talking about shifting desires in intimacy, but before we get started into that, and I kind of lead you around that journey, could you two just take a moment and tell us who are you? Feel free to talk about your relationship dynamics. I have been watching Instagram Reels, so I feel like I know you a little bit, but let the audience know who you are. Yeah, of course, Rona. Start my love. Would you like me to go? You start. I will start. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm Andre Lazarus, and I've been in partnership with this wonderful woman for coming on nine years. We've been open the entire time. We started our relationship from an open dynamic, and I feel that the expansion that we've shared in that time has been not just beautiful, but also educational. Um, Mm -hmm. which is why we created the course, because we were learning on the fly and (laughs) finding that there were a lot of tools and exercises we could have used in our time exploring that we maybe didn't quite have. Mm -hmm. And now we love to help other relationships educate and learn how to approach this kind of dynamic in the healthiest way possible. So Mm -hmm. that's a little bit about me and how I met this wonderful woman. We met in Afghanistan, for those who don't know. We were both Marines and deployed in a war zone. So that's a wow. that's a little detail that I, I sometimes leave out that I feel is, <laughs> yeah. is important. We, we share that more on our Instagram, but um, I, yeah, you said we started our relationship in an open dynamic and I want to like like we started our relationship in like a treasonous dynamic, I feel like. <laughs> Ooh, treasonous. <laughs> Do tell. Yeah. We um well, we were both married to other people when we met. And we fell pretty quickly into at least lust. For me, it was love. Maybe it's sort of lust for you. Yeah, more lust. Yeah. But... <laughs> and then um for each other. And as we grew to like become deep friends we realized that there was a lot more there and um and our our partners didn't know our our spouses didn't know we actually bonded over how much we loved our spouses and how much we connected in our relationships and then both of those relationships ended up um sort of dissolving and and falling away not really because of our connection um although I do think that the energy had shifted um a bit once our once we laid eyes on each other (laughs) So, um, so that process, like 
I think part of our message is also um, remembering that like the origin of your relationship or like there's all these people who have these experiences of of cheating or having an affair and things like that. And not that I want to normalize it and make it okay, but I also want to reduce shame on that and realize that like a lot of us are not necessarily built for monogamous relationships. And, and so that's how we discovered, you know, and, and decided to um, have a totally different style of relationship than either of us had ever been in before. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you can't see our video, make sure you hop on YouTube or Spotify and you can watch us live <clears throat> because I think a part of me feels a little bit in shock. And I do remember seeing a post about this, that you guys were Marines in Afghanistan. And I forgot that part because when you look at the two of you, you are tattooed up, very fit yogis. Like you look like you should be in an ashram, not in the middle of a war zone. Um, my partner also served in Afghanistan, and so uh, he was in the Air Force. So it's interesting that that kind of and same time time zone as well, like about a decade ago. Um, and it's interesting to look at you guys now, a decade later. So what what changed in you? What shifted you from more you know tattoos. <laughs> what more tattoos? It was more just tattoos. more tattoos that softened you yeah. and opened your heart and. <laughs> more, more, more mala beads. No, more mala beads. Andre has mala beads on right now. If you yeah. can't see, <laughs> so, I'll speak for myself. I feel like the shift was not that dramatic for me. Okay, because who I am in my skin, in the way that I'm living my life today, is what I've really always wanted and felt like I wanted when I was in the military, mm. I just had to, in a way, silence that piece of me because of the organization of what we're trained to do, which is, in a way, be killers and yeah. defend the country. And I just got disenchanted over the years and realized that being in the military was not for me. And I'm glad I had that experience. But I would say the biggest shift was just really getting to step into myself in the most authentic way possible. Yeah, I, lo I love this because we are talking a lot about shifting and our whole life and especially our relationship together has been around shifting and change and transformation and going from being warriors to to what we do now, which for me is kind of like a warrior for peace, I suppose. And I feel like what shifted for me was growing up, I had, like many of us, an idea of what I was supposed to be mm -hmm. and what I was supposed to look like and what my relationship was supposed to look like and all of these norms and conditions that the world had placed upon me and especially my beautiful and loving, wonderful parents who knew what they knew. And so they gave me the framework that they had to offer. And it was only after getting into those places and experiencing those roles and looking around me. And typically I'd look like above, I'd look at like my leaders and I'd be like, are those the people that I want to be? Is that what I want to, is that what I want to look forward to? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I was like, uh, nope. Every time I was just like, no, that's not what I want. So, um, so that's when this crazy, amazing, wonderful, 
psychohuman came into my life and rocked my world because he was like, oh yeah, we actually don't have to do it this way. And I was already alternative in a lot of other ways. I was teaching yoga in the Marine Corps. I was doing a lot of yogi type of stuff. Um, but but he really shifted my view on on what a relationship could look like. Yeah. I love that. So Andre, who gave you permission to think differently? That's a great question. <laughs> Susanna might say source or a higher power, but I feel I can, I had to give myself the permission. Um, I was raised in a very loving and albeit traditional household that allowed me the room to explore and discover myself. There wasn't a direction that said I had to go to college or I had to do this. And with that, I guess, allowance of being myself, it gave me the tools to like ask the questions about the things that didn't feel comfortable and the things that didn't make sense to me. And obviously having the community of people around me as I was growing, as I was expanding myself and learning was a huge benefit because sometimes we might be in a community that isn't as open or isn't as crazy about like a uh, progressive thought and we might feel judged or shamed. So we'll like silence that piece of ourselves. So I would feel very fortunate to have been surrounded by some really amazing people that allowed me the, the room to ask these questions and to, you know, basically say, I don't have to do it this way because this is what everyone else is doing. I feel like most of my life has been going against the grain. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I went to, I went to college, I got my degree, and then I joined the military as an enlisted member, which is very rare. <laughs> Generally, if you go and you um, get your degree, you either don't join the military or you become an officer. officer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I decided to like shake Which you me. did later. You I did, did, I did later because I realized that being enlisted was just not not for me. Yeah. I think I was tired of taking orders from people who... <laughs> We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Maybe people <laughs> that I would not want to take orders from. But I think I needed to allow myself the permission to ask those questions and feel mm. comfortable in that. And it didn't happen overnight. It took many years and it took a lot of help from her mm. to allow me that space of going into work where I'm talking about sexuality and helping people through sexual healing. Um, you need, if you're partnered it's pretty important that your partner supports you in your endeavors or else you're not going to really feel comfortable in that. And that's what she's been a really big support structure for me. I love that. Oh, Y'all are so cute. <laughs> Speaking of being so cute, I want to lead us down the talk about sex. So it's interesting yeah. to watch you two in your reels. There is this dynamic of sexual tension that I know you guys can feel like, you know, you know, you know, you have it and we can see it on the other side right now. <laughs> <You're feeling, laughs> they've already been making out you guys. Um, so I'm so curious. Like I love the ones of Suzanne in the kitchen and she might be like cooking or doing something. And like, you come up behind her and you touch her and you, like, there's such an amazing sexual dynamic between the two of you. Yet our conversation today is about this like sexual, not mismatch, but just difference. So I'm curious if the tension fuels your sexuality together, or if you've had some major milestones that you've had to kind of jump over, talk mm -hmm. to us about sex. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. 
Here you feeling go. it? <laughs> Let's do this. Um, yeah. So I feel like it'd be good to kind of start from the beginning, yeah. which is when we first started um, being together, being intimate and, and having sexual experiences and both of our divorces had like completed and, and we were like more free to explore together. We began to um, explore primarily with thirds. So like with a, another woman typically. And that was something that I had always craved because I'd always been sexually attracted to women. And at that time I could feel my sexual energy pretty, pretty powerfully in my body. So I could get aroused. I could, I was incredibly aroused by Andre just in general. And cause I don't know. You, you guys just, just look at him. Yeah. yeah just like look, <laughs> look at him. So, <laughs> so that, that was, um, a new adventure. And, and in that, for me, I started to also enjoy watching him with other people. And those were like real, that was really activating for my sexual energy of like witnessing him pleasuring someone else or witnessing someone pleasuring him. And, and yeah, do you have anything to say about that phase of our life? Um, I, first, I'm just getting very turned on when you talk about that phase of our life. And also maybe important to note that when we did start our intimate relationship, we were also in more of a dom sub dynamic mm -hmm. where we had an agreed upon contract that we went over, we signed, we had a agreement that there were certain things that we could do within our relationship. And it was something that brought us immense joy and pleasure at the time. Mm -hmm. And also realizing as we were moving through it, that maybe that wasn't the dynamic that was meant for us, or yeah, maybe that, certain individuals yeah, that, who were thought they were submissive were maybe more bratty, you know, things maybe, like that. Maybe Susanna's not a sub. Well, I was going to say, who was the dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you asking that question. Yeah. He um, was the dog. I was the sub. And um, to be honest, I still am more of a bottom in, in our relationship and, or at least in our sexual connection. Although I'm stepping a little bit more into some topping. And topping from the bottom. Yeah. Topping from the bottom. <laughs> and I, I've always been topping from the bottom. <laughs> but, uh, and for those of you who don't know, maybe who, who don't know what those terms mean, yeah, like dom and sub, so dominant and submissive is typically more of like a 24 hour um, or like a, a multi day experience of like something that goes over into other parts of your life. Also, something that I didn't necessarily know at the time when I was like signing the contract and then um and then top and bottom is more of the like who is giving and who is receiving in a role or who is really like the active um decision maker in a play setting and then who is the one that's more of the passive role um and receiving and so and so what we discovered through that exploration was that yes i am multisexual which is what what i discovered more about myself is that my sexuality changes and I definitely tend toward being attracted to human beings rather than one gender and also maybe a dom sub what relationship wasn't for us um 
and then beginning. And then I started to be like, okay, well, what about like men? Can we invite some more like dudes in here? We have a lot of women, a lot of ladies. And so we started to expand out into other types of exploration and going into play parties and playing with couples. And, um, and during that period of time, um, I found, I was just like, I feel like I was just curious. I was just like, what is out there? And for background, I, um, was Andre was the second man that I ever slept with in my life. And my husband before him was the first man. And I had saved myself for marriage and gone through a whole abstinence program in, in church. So that was the background that I came from. So I had not really had a lot of sexual experiences with a lot of people. So that was my sort of moment to explore. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like um, as we shifted, um, as time went on, uh, we we actually ended up having a girlfriend, um, like in a polyamorous relationship. And do you want to talk more to that? That I can talk briefly to that. Yeah. Um, I feel that was a that was such an educational point in our like experimentation exploration that here was a woman who at the time we both really loved and cared for and perhaps weren't prepared to go into a relationship dynamic that really brought in someone else influencing our lives. Mm -hmm. And we definitely made a lot of mistakes in that, that uh, time of, of that relationship that I now see we could have been much better in, in understanding how to incorporate someone beyond just a play partner. We have a lot of individuals who are playing with and enjoying in those experiences, but outside of the play, they were really good friends. And here comes this individual who was more than that. Mm -hmm. And it was something that we, all three of us were not so aligned on. Maybe Mm -hmm. I would say maybe even misaligned. Mm -hmm. And by that relationship transitioning, we found out quickly that there's more to this game than just enjoying the physical aspect of someone or even the emotional aspect that everyone has a stake in this experience Mm -hmm. so i guess if anything i learned that we now have a stronger communication before we go into a experience or a relationship with someone so that we now have a better idea of where we're at because i might be desiring something that's more emotional, maybe less physical. And then she might be desiring something that's really physical and not wanting the emotional piece. And do we explore that together? Do we explore that separately? It it varies, obviously, depending on the person and where we're at in our relationship. But yeah, I would say I'm so happy to have had that relationship with this woman. And I feel by the relationship transitioning, it allowed us to grow even more in our mm-hmm. dynamic. Yeah. If you're <clears throat> okay, I'd like to dig in a little more to this. This is kind yeah. of where we're at. Yeah. So <clears throat> y'all have been open for a whole decade mm-hmm. and we have been open 
for like nine months. <laughs> so we're baby steps in. And we have done that. We have done the like, just play. We have like had the girlfriend and it was interesting. We watched her transition into needing more. So she was like, had been uh, a lesbian for a while and decided she was open to playing with men and then open to playing with us. And then we were like, let's be poly. We'll have a polycule. It'll be a fun triad, like insert all the words. <clears throat> and then we realized, I love this conversation because everything's fluid. And we realized that him and I, Scott and I are very different in our desires. I am very polyamorous. I'm like, Andre, I feel like maybe you and I are a little bit more similar in that we crave connection. And we, I want to know your kids' names. Like, mm -hmm. let's have a slumber party. Like <laughs> all yeah. that yummy stuff. And he's like, dude, I love you. I only want to love you. And I'm not saying that Susanna, you're like that either, but this is him. And he's close. like, I just want to play. Like, I'm happy to go and have someone else come into the bedroom with us, but like, then they can go home and, and I yeah. can have my life with you. Mm -hmm. And so we found through that relationship that like the dynamics changed. And then she was like, oh, I want to try other things. So Scott and I are super sensual. And she was like, I want to know what it feels like to be in a BDSM dynamic, which mm -hmm. you guys touched a little bit on with the Dom sub stuff. And so she's we've kind of like released her to go explore into the wilderness. And then it's been fun because as we've started playing with other people, she sometimes plays with the same people, just not with us. With that. And so it's like, there's this whole community that we've been building and not everyone's together, but sometimes there's a little cross-referencing here. You know, there's like yeah. a little Kevin Bacon action. <laughs> uh, how many degrees of separation are there? I thought it's been interesting. part of your polycool. I was like, that's awesome. Damn. Right? Right? Oh my gosh. I interviewed a couple like last week that do have a podcast that are also in my feed all the time on Instagram. And they were like, and we have a polycule. And I was like, I want a polycule. <laughs> if we can dig a little more into this for the kinds of people that are in like the three of us in our world where <clears throat> things are shifting and needs are shifting and desires are shifting and things are opening. And you're like, ooh, now I can try this thing. How do you give yourselves permission, kind of like at the beginning of this podcast recording, you gave yourselves permission from the military to try something new and then to open your relationship. And to me, it's more degrees of permission to allow your dynamic to change and shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. First, thank you for sharing a little bit about your yeah. journey and wh where you've been with your dynamic. And I feel the permission and sometimes when I hear the word permission, it's, I don't know, it, it's such an interesting word because when we say that there's some idea that another person has in a way say or ownership over our life experience. Mm -hmm. And at least coming from my standpoint, I don't so much agree with that. I believe that we allow and choose someone who can share in an experience but no person really is being owned by anyone else unless it's a BDSM dynamic and then there's some agreement. Yes, I understand that. But other than that, it's allowing my partner to have influence over the decisions I make and vice versa. And communication is a huge piece of that. But sometimes I feel we hold on so tightly to someone because we feel like if we don't, we're going to lose them mm -hmm. or we're going to um, 
maybe never not be enough for them if we don't keep coming back and back and back. So to me, the permission is really the permission I give myself. Mm -hmm. The permission I give myself to go into an experience with someone that I choose every day. And it's sometimes hard for people to hear that or conceptualize that, that the partner that you've been with for five, 10, 20 years, you don't actually like, they don't belong to you. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's edgy for it people edgy. to hear that. That's, it that's gets people's point. palms get real sweaty and they get like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait, I don't have control over your life. What? But even if you're married, there's no control over the other person. That's right. And I, I would speak to the change and the shifting part mm. of um, like, I, I, I resonate with this, with your message around permission. And also I am like many of us conditioned to permission, to like hierarchy and to like having someone that tells me I can do something. So especially as a coach, um, sometimes I offer permission to people for things and they're like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm like, you're welcome. Like I didn't, it wasn't mine to give, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Yeah. Um, because it can be nice to hear that. But in terms of the changing and shifting, I would say we have rituals that allow us to check in with each other regularly that give us space and time to express what we're going through and to be really authentic. And, and to me, it's the authentic communication that then allows us to discover like, is this dynamic that we're in right now serving you? Does it really feel like it's serving you? And is it serving me? And is it serving our relationship? And then we get to kind of reassess. And in a monogamous relationship, maybe people are assuming that your dynamics will, will stay the same all the time, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, we said these vows 30 years ago, and these are the vows that we're holding for the rest <laughs> of our relationship. And I'm like, this is how contract energetic contracts happen. <laughs> like, this can be bad for your body. So renegotiating what the dynamics of your relationship are as you grow and change the same way that you grow and change throughout the seasons and throughout the years gives us the ability to shift and holding on to like, like the little videos that you see on Instagram is like, we do always try to maintain little things that keep our relationship fresh so, and they may be the same things that we've been doing for 10 years, but they are little moments of connection that allow us to keep coming back to each other. Um, and I can talk about those rituals at some point, but they'll, yeah, those are really powerful and they keep us. Yeah. I'm really curious in that. And I'm yeah. curious in the conversation, like what's the frequency? Is there some sort of like, you know, every week it's the same thing, the bullets that we touch on. How does that work? And I'm also in the back of my mind thinking, I wonder how jealousy works for the two of you because your relationship feels really open. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Andre and Susanna. We're doing something a little bit different this week and I'm breaking this podcast into two parts. So hang tight. Part two will be coming to you Wednesday morning.